Welcome to our end of episode outtake. <laughs> oh no, this is this is the opening. Hi everybody. <laughs> and right. What a big opening it is. Ew. Hello, I'm Seth, and I've seen once once. And I'm Bob, and I've seen once twice. Welcome to Not Even Once. A podcast where Seth and I recount each episode of Once Upon a Time to share with you. And we just lied to you. Because we're a real podcast now. What What do you mean, Bob? I, I don't know. We have officially lost a full episode, so this is our second time recording it. No, the fourth wall! And the thing that makes it a little more wild is, of course, this episode that we have to re-record did have a guest on it. Oops! The original time, and we are very lucky that our guest uh, was very gracious with his time and was able to uh, come for a second recording. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself or would you like us to introduce you? Dealer's choice. Welcome. Thank you for joining us, Matt. Thank you for having me. It's, um, it's good to be back. I think it was just a glitch in the matrix because this is the first time I've been here, I think. Wait. Even though I just said good to be back. Never mind. <laughs> She's back, 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 back again. This is Matt. He's been once, once. Yeah. 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 Um, I have a complicated history with the show. Actually, we, we talked about this last time. Go ahead and uh, tell us your your complicated history with the show. Did you watch it live? Yeah, so I did. Um, I binge watched like the first half of season one, but then I watched it as it was airing going forward. Um, I was living in Iowa City at the time with my lesbian roommate, Rachel. Let's go, lesbians, let's go. Shout out, I miss you. And... We were obsessed. Why are you so obsessed with me? Um, Regina was our favorite. Of course. Um, as one does. And we, ju we just would watch it hoping that one day Regina and Emma would kiss. Let's go, lesbians. Let's go. I don't know if they do or not. No spoilers here. Yeah, so. not spoiling anything for Seth. No, I'm, we, we watched it in hopes. Oh, the kissing? <laughs> oh, the fracking? <laughs> the, we don't have a camera, so none of you could see the joke that Seth just did. Good job. You know, it's very interpretational. It's for us. Everyone can have their own opinion, whether they saw it or not. And if you didn't see it... Hi. Hi there. <laughs> so last time... Yeah, we what watched, happened last time? <laughs> we watched the episode Hat Trick. Bucky Barnes can't catch a goddamn break. Unless it's his neck, then it gets good, well, and broken right off. Good. Okay, but he can catch multiple women to hold in his house. Women can be... They escape, but he can't catch them. Can't catch me! Mary also had a chance to escape jail and be a fugitive, but Emma convinced her to come back and stand her ground at trial. And that's what you missed. Once upon a time. This episode is episode 18, The Stable, the stable Boy. Stable, He's a very stable boy. That's basically what I guessed last time. <laughs> I was like, last time was about the Mad Hatter, so this one is just the reverse. Reverse. <laughs> A very stable boy. Yeah, because Jefferson was quite unstable, as we've all seen. Yes. Yes. You can never trust a man with a last name, first name. Yeah. Just saying. Like, Jefferson? No. Off the top of my head, Jefferson Davis, president of the Confederacy? No. Terrible. Bad. Last name, first name? Bad person. Bad. So... 
This episode, uh, like Seth just said, is the staple boy. This episode was directed by Dean White, who most recently directed Heart of Darkness on the show, which is the episode where Snow White drinks the potion to forget Prince Charming and becomes a raging bitch. And she destroyed Happy Stein. And she tried to murder a bluebird. Birdie. We stand. Nope. I love how the message is that without men, women are just uncontrollable emotions. Yeah. I think that's what they were really going for. Trying to send home to the kids with that one. Lovely. Amazing. Right? Mood. <laughs> Hashtag feminism. Women can be anything. She so this episode was written by Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz, the showrunners of Once Upon a Time, and it originally aired on April Fool's Day 2012. Ah. Remember when we all thought the world was going to end? Oh, oh yeah. 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 The Mayan calendar. The biggest April Fool of them all was us. I mean, if you think about it, it kind of did. Huh? Has anything good happened since 2012? Was that when marriage equality happened? 13. That was 2013. So there's there's that. Okay, okay. Well, then I guess... One demonstrably good thing happened. One! On the title screen of this episode, a girl rides across the screen on a horse. Also, the title is now silver instead of gold. Gold! The episode opens on Regina with the words one week one ago, week ago which ago. first time I watched this fully missed one week, one ago. week ago. So I was incredibly confused when I was like, <laughs> wait, wait, why are Regina and Mr. Gold talking about the, like this already happened. I was very shocked. And then like, I rewound it. I was like, Oh, it literally says one week later. I'm dumb. Um, but also this red blazer that Regina is wearing in her monochromatic office Slay. Um, yes. I mean, Regina. Queen Slay. Period. Versace Shoot. Boots the house down. Slay. Uh, so they recap their plot from last week. Give Mary Margaret the skeleton key so she escapes, becomes a fugitive, tries to leave Storybrooke, meets whatever, and, and if she is caught, then, you know, she is... Seed is guilty. She has to leave town. Also, you know it's network TV when a character in like dialogue comes out with, as you know. Yes, oh my God. Because people <laughs> may have missed it when Rumpelstiltskin beat Belle's father within an inch of his life. And I think we, we talked about it in a previous episode. It was like, are they just going to like gloss over that like assault charge? And they do explain it away, actually. Yeah. So in exchange for Mr. Gold helping Regina out, she's going to finesse his assault charges against Mo French. Mo French. Mo French. Crazy old Maurice. Crazy old Maurice. <laughs> Raving down, down at the pub. I have a TikTok to send you. <laughs> Good. The thing is, this recap of the last episode has so much less Sebastian Stan. So, like, we do not Sebastian Stan that decision. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. From there, it cuts to a young Regina riding a horse, being cheered on by Daddy Henry. And then her mom comes out of nowhere to act like a complete bitch. Get ready for Regina's mommy issues this time. Oh, boy. It turns out the Regina wasn't just born with it. It, it was, was childhood, childhood trauma. <laughs> As a reminder, when Regina first tried to have the curse go into effect, she killed her horse <laughs> to represent the thing she loved most. But she wound up having to kill her father, Daddy Henry. Then there's a young David Bowie-esque guy, Dan. Daniel. He does really give Bowie, like, in yeah, the facial structure. The cheekbones, the hair, very that. 
Uh, he tries to offer a saddle for Regina to ride on, and she snaps at him. There's the Regina we know. Yes. Yes! Uh, Regina tries to walk away from her bitch of a mother, but Cora has magic to stop her and bring her back. She wants Regina to be so much more. So, yeah, I, I actually have a little bit of trivia. Yes. Um, this episode was originally supposed to be the second episode of the show, but... They were like, we need people to like hate Regina before we like explain why she is the way she is, which is the right decision. Sure, but like, how could I hate her? She's you, so good. You can't. I actually did watch an interview of Lana for filming this specific episode, and she was talking about it. She's like, so like, you know, I'm getting the script, I'm getting the script, and I'm reading. It, I'm like, oh, so this is why she hates Snow White. It's good to have a reason. <laughs> Yeah, this is why she hated a child. But uh, we'll we'll get to that. Um, a child. A child. No. no. So, uh, got a couple new actors. We have Cora. Uh, yeah, Cora, uh, Legend of Cora, is played by Barbara Hershey. Stan. Yes. Honestly. No, that was last episode. Oh, <laughs> right. My bad. Barbara Hershey began acting at 17 years old in 1965 with a role on Sally Field's show Gidget. She didn't achieve widespread acclaim from critics until the 1980s, though. Was that when she went to Rome? Gidget goes to Rome? Fully, I'm not getting okay, the reference. That's Sorry. fine. That's someone will <laughs> maybe good, good, or it'll get cut. Nope. <laughs> no way. Now it's gonna be in there for sure. <laughs> yeah. The Chicago Tribune has referred to her as one of America's finest actresses. Ooh. She starred in Boxcar Bertha, which was Martin Scorsese's first Hollywood movie. She played Danny DeVito's character's wife in Tin Men, the movie. She has been BAFTA nominated for her performances in the Woody Allen movie Hannah and Her Sisters. She played the love interest to Gene Hackman's character in the basketball movie Hoosiers. And she starred in Beaches alongside Bette Midler. In 1990, she won an Emmy and a Golden Globe for her performance in A Killing in a Small Town, which was a TV movie about a real Texas murder. And she was nominated for the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress in The Portrait of a Lady in 1997. Was that the prequel to Portrait of a Lady on Fire? <laughs> she played a love interest to Keanu Reeves in Tune in Tomorrow. And I, I don't know if this is where they where the showrunners like cast her from, but... I, when I was watching this, I realized I recognized her. She played Natalie Portman's mother in Black Swan, like the over-exertive stage mother pushing oh, yeah. her daughter. And I was like, wow, that... I don't know if that's why they cast her in this, but wow. Typecast. She, like... Honestly. It, like I mean, it really matches. Um, more recently, she played Lorraine Lambert in the Insidious movies. And uh, last little bit of trivia I have about her is that Cora's name is a reference to the Latin word for heart. Oh, we also have Daniel. Bob, what do you have about him? Yeah, so Daniel is played by Noah Bean. He was in Damages uh, alongside Rose Byrne, Ted Danson, and Glenn Close, who he specifically calls out as a mentor to himself. He was also a lead on Nikita on The CW in the sci-fi show 12 Monkeys. He's also had smaller roles on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Fringe, Elementary, 911, and The Babysitter's Club. He has co-founded a theater company with Dan Fogler, who was the original Barfay in 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee on Broadway, and he was, like, the muggle guy in the Fantastic Beasts movies, which, like... The one. 
muggle guy. Yeah, he's literally like the. I think he gets magic at one point. There's no fucking rules in J.K. <laughs> Rowling's like horror house of transphobia. Well, no, because the rule is um, I have a problem and it's going to be solved with the spell that I made up for this book. Yes, exactly. That That's the rules. Yep. Those are her rules. Oh, man, we were... Great storytelling and problem solving. Deus Ex Magica. God! <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, Noah Bean was also in the New York City Public Theater production of David Henry Wong's play Yellowface, which I have read in college. It's a really fucking good play. I could not recommend it more. His actual full legal name is Noah Whipple Bean, which is the most whimsical name I've ever heard. It's funny that you say that. Is he British? I don't think so. That sounds like a British name, Whipple Bean. It, it's funny that you say that. It is very whimsical. Um... And his role in this show, but when we recorded last time, um, I was racking my brain trying to figure out what role he played in 911, because you just mentioned he was in that right. um, Ryan Murphy's firefighter rescue show. I always forget that Ryan Murphy does 911. Also, because it's not gay. Noted scab, Ryan Murphy. Noted scab, Ryan Murphy. Oh. Um, but we do stand Angela Bassett, so... She did the thing. She did the thing. So I was racking my brain, trying to figure it out, and I'm like, let me just look it up. So I did, Good. and I was upset by what I learned, because I remember his character now. He played um, this guy, Jeffrey Hudson, who was like a recurring antagonist in the show. Um, he... He's introduced to, like, the main cast because he's, like, flying a drone over, but, like, Angela Bassett has, like, cop instincts that there's more to it. Um, she she goes into, like, the Assassin's Creed, like, eagle eye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Turns out he is a serial predator. Oh, no. And so her it becomes, like, her mission to, like, find him and arrest him and stop him. Stop! Uh, she chases him down to, like, this uh, storage container or storage unit where the most harrowing five minutes of television history happens where you hear him attacking her over, like, their police radios as, like, they're driving the fire truck to, like, get to her. Mm -hmm. And, like, you're just hearing her struggle with him. It's, like, the most harrowing five minutes of television. And I – and now I associate that with Daniel. I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, <laughs> No, a Whipple. Whipple Bean. <laughs> Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Back at it again with the wild. You better stop. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that was my new fun fact That's for this time around. A very fun fact. Right. Uh, uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, one last little bit of trivia. Uh, the character's full name is Daniel Coulter, Daniel? which is an occupational name for someone who looks after donkeys and horses. Coulter. Oh, like a colt. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, that name has been ruined for so long. By Indianapolis or by Porn Seth? Ann Coulter. Oh. Also that. Oh. Oh. See, I think Jonathan Coulter. Oh, oh yeah. No, no Colton. Colton. Oh, Colton, you're right. We can bring this full circle, actually. Um, Kobe Smulders played Ann Coulter on Ryan Murphy's impeachment. Just, really? Yeah. Oh, it's shockingly good can he she kobe smolder is another one of those actresses her mannerisms kobe smolders is another actress where it's like give her better material for the love of god she's just so good i think ryan murphy like i wish same i think maria hill's about to pop off in the mcu so she'll have oh, really well, i, I have to all all things considered i have not watched secret invasion i haven't either but like and i know this of is her a time thing, to shine i know of a thing that happens and are you planning to watch it yes 
I will watch it. I know what you're going to say. I've, I've been spoiled on that. Okay. Um, anyway. anyway, back to the episode. <laughs> After sprinting away from Cora. Oh, also, this blue, sorry, this blue writing outfit that Regina has on. Mm. Such a different look for her. And it, I think it really does a great job of, like, telling the story of, like, this is young Regina. Smash. They And they did a great job with, with like, her hair and makeup, making her look yes, young. Absolutely. I honestly looked at her for the longest time trying to, f- I'm like, that is her, that is right? Her, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is, and it is her. Just makeup is a wonder. Oh, yeah. I wondered if there was maybe like a little bit of CGI de-aging, but I don't think this, that was. Okay, this a, was, I don't think that was a thing. This was not a thing, and this was on ABC. We've right. seen what the CGI on this show looks like. Green screens. If yeah. the men they just, learn. They put a green screen in front of her face. She was wearing a green screen veil the whole time, and they just like painted on a new face for her. She's not a drag queen. <laughs> if the men find out we can shapeshift, they're going to tell the church. Contour. So yeah, uh, Regina's mom sure is awful. Bad. Like, absolute piece of work. Yeah. And also, I love what she represents to this as well, because going into this episode, it's like, oh, oh, she has a mom Whoa. because she's never referenced, never mentioned. Oh, she's um, referenced in how Regina acts. Well, not direct- it's called generational trauma. Yeah. Sweaty. <laughs> but once upon a time, did it years before Encanto. Encanto yeah. Um, but no, so like, and she doesn't even come up in like the first episode where it's like, what's the thing you love most? Um, horse, then dad. Mom doesn't even fat Horse. <laughs> Speaking of, the horse that Regina is riding, her, her favorite horse, is played by Jerry the horse Aww. and is in the credits. Aww. Big Sebastian. And get, believe it or not, I, I'm fully talking out of my ass. I don't know for sure. Jerry the Horse has been on the picket lines. He is sad. Uh, you know who actually has been on the picket lines? Lil Sebastian. Lil Sebastian! Audrey, Audrey yes. Plaza brought him. And it's like, oh shit, it's over. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Aubrey Plaza said even Jerry deserves fair pay. <laughs> <laughs> or was it Gary? Yeah, who fucking cares? <laughs> or Joey. No way! So anyway, when... Regina does run away. She runs to the stables where she finds Daniel. Daniel. And they smooch. Sorry, I have to interject. They have like the most porn inspired dialogue of all time. (laughs) Where where she literally is like, I'm so sorry I snapped at you. And he just turns her and goes, You'll have to make it up to me somehow. He does say that. He says, Like, what the fuck, ABC? I was expecting like. Like, she was, you know, barebacking before. I was expecting more barebacking now. I'm passed away. She died. So is Daniel. Uh, Spoilers. Oh, my God. If you're listening to this, you've either watched the show or don't give a shit. So, So, back in Storybrooke. Bangor, Maine can't wait to meet you. David and Emma recap that David was a shit and tries to retcon the emotional gut punch that was the last time the two of them spoke. Mary needs a miracle. Also, David, you fucked up. Now you fucked up! Except that you fucked up. Now you fucked up! Like, she doesn't want to see you. You have fucked up now! That's just every time he interacts with her. He is so slow on the uptake, too, Mm -hmm. where he's like, oh, I should go and see you, and and Emma's like, oh, it's probably not a good idea. No, I, I want to be there for her. She doesn't want visitors. Does she not want visitors or she does not want to see me? It's like, dude, she doesn't want to see you. How are you this dense? Yeah, like Emma is literally like, David, 
No. 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 <laughs> to be fair, this entire time he hasn't been taking no for an answer. What makes you think he's going to start now? True. Like 10 out of 10 frat boys, he does not take no for an answer. I'm just flashing back to Fraternity X. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That's still- X is 10. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Fraternity hey, Twitter. <laughs> what kind of comment is that? Fraternity I'm 10. <laughs> I know. Deep in my heart, that X is 10. 10. 10. It's 10. It's 10. I'm now flashing back to like arguments I had with um, other children when I was a child as to whether it was Final Fantasy X or Final Fantasy 10. I thought you were going to say whether it was Fraternity X. (laughs) (laughs) I remember on the schoolyard in recess. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I'm actually more of a fan of Fraternity 7. I think it was on PS1, so it was a little better. Yeah, that's fair. What happened to Fraternity I through Fraternity X? (laughs) They're having pixel remasters. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm mad about. Like, okay, don't do a pixel remaster and then cut all of the great content you added for the GBA. And then cut all of the dicks. (laughs) Well, also the dick. Yeah. Back to the episode. Yay! We cut to Mary waking up to Regina just fucking staring at her in jail. This is the first time that Regina has snuck up on someone while they've been sleeping. (laughs) And she is on one this episode. Regina just wants Mary to confess. But Mary just asks why Regina hates her so much. And like... This interaction is such good acting. Yeah, it is. Both of them are like, also, I before we like talk about how genuinely good the acting is, the way Regina is sitting when Mary Margaret wakes up is just like, oh, I see you woke up. Yeah, I'm going to be makes, a bitch to you now. It makes you wonder how long she was there. Yeah. Like, honestly, she came into the jail, pulled up a chair, and then sat in that perfectly poised, I'm about to launch into you pose for... An hour? Two? I'd like to imagine that at some point, she just, like, had to go get up and piss. <laughs> Mary wakes up, saw the chair there, and said, oh, I'm going back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just Regina, like... <clears throat> she stands up and just, like, throws a cup of water on her and then quickly sits back down into her pose. <laughs> Thirsty bitch. I mean, if Regina got up to go piss, she would throw her piss on Snow White, let's be honest here. Um. That's just a biohazard. Do you think Regina, A, knows about biohazards, or B, gives any shits about biohazards? Nope. She cut out the heart of her horse. That is true. I mean, she does a lot of heart cutting. Cut to the scene. You did it. I want to break through the clouds. (laughs) Next, we see young Regina. (laughs) What? Wait, is is wait, does it cut to the clouds where Carly Rae Jepsen is with Rufus Wainwright? Uh, we were on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> She's coming. <laughs> oh boy, a sword. <laughs> oh god damn it. Next we see young Regina riding her horse to Daniel and they smooth again under a tree. Yes, she is wearing a saddle. Yes. Good. Cora is against Regina being with Daniel because he's a stable boy and lower class. So Daniel invites Regina to Firefly Hill 
for a picnic, which is where Nova and Dreamy met our favorite couple in the show of all time so far. Please don't remind me of that. I will literally <laughs> always be reminding you about Dreamy. Dreamy. Our favorite episode so far, 10 out of 10. Great! Oh, Dreamy. He hatched from an egg, did you know? I did, because dwarves hatch from eggs. This is a canon event that we all know. But it was rather a dry hatch. I that, I there's no reason that I should have like such a visceral negative reaction to that, but it really is like it's so uncomfortable to hear, <laughs> and I don't under I don't I don't fully understand why like this must be like some kind of like lizard brain thing <laughs> that is just like that's wrong that's wrong don't do that dry hatches don't happen and I don't understand why but it's like it genuinely like every time you say it and especially when you surprise me with it I get very upset. Like not actually, but like it's it, it like it unsettles me in a way that I don't quite understand. I'm just glad you remember me. Would you rather it have been goopy? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that. <laughs> what? I mean, Wait, it would have been. Would that have been his name? <laughs> <laughs> he gets the he gets the pickaxe. This is goopy one, on it. The and one like, and the guy the, like the 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 guy the who's one. like running it was like. Oh no! <laughs> the one dwarf that has a wet hatch is named Goopy. <laughs> I don't know. I think wet hatch is more visceral. <laughs> These are the differences between you and me. Seth. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! What's Inside up? you, there are two eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I can't I believe you've done this. I mean, if you're a woman. Maybe. <laughs> oh, that- <laughs> if you're cis, inside you, there are two X. <laughs> oh, uh, one other thing I do want to note here that they do mention. Uh, Regina's mother is the daughter of a miller. Yes, because uh, she should be able to relate to uh, wanting to marry the upper and lower class. Exactly. So basically what we know is Cora is a full class trader. Yeah. Yeah. And I will point out, um, because they do say it in this episode. Clap if you think she should die. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We've all thought it. Her last name is Mills. Yeah. Regina Mills. Which I'm not sure if this is the first time they say her full name. I think they've called her Mayor Mills in in Storybrooke. But now we know why. Yeah, because she is one of the characters, like there's a handful that have the same name in both Storybrooke and the Enchanted Forest. Yeah, before you got here, Seth and I were talking about that. Uh, David, is that his prince name too? Yes, David is, well, no, he is Because his twin was James, but he's acting as Prince James now. Okay, was his original name David? Like, this is so confusing for me. Yeah, the shepherd David is David. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But in Enchanted Forest, he was known as Prince James, even though he was not. Right. And I think the reason for that, like, some of them keeping their own names, like, first of all, Regina does it because she's a boss-ass bitch, and she's like, I'm not going to be called something else, first of all. Um, second of all, like, some of those names, like, David, fine. Um, other names, fine. Other names, like, you can't just call this bitch Snow White and expect her not to know what's up. You know? Like, <laughs> you have to rename her. Uh, Grumpy right. to, like, all of the dwarves. Uh, well, Grumpy got two renames. Um... Goopy, <laughs> Goopy, Goopy, Stop. Dreamy, Goopy, Dreamy, Grumpy, and what's his name in um? I love the seven story, bro. Goopy, Dreamy. 
goopy, dreamy, grumpy, and dry hatch. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is my new favorite tongue twister. <laughs> or just just if you're ever lister, listing if you're ever listerine if you're ever listing the seven dwarfs, just throw goopy in <laughs> and see if anyone reacts. <laughs> The dog is reacting. <laughs> the dog is reacting to Goopy. It's a very negative reaction, it sounds like. Goopy, dreamy, grumpy, bumpy, mumpy. And dry hatch. And syphilis. This is a house song. Goopy, dreamy, grumpy, bumpy, mumpy. And, and, and dry hatch. <laughs> Mumps rubella. Oh, no, no, no. What it's reminded me of is um the Pepto-Bismol theme song. Not goopy, dreamy. Upset <laughs> <laughs> stomach. stomach. Dry hatch. <laughs> Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea, nausea, heart jump, indigestion, jumps like comets die. Here's Pepto Bismol. No wet hatch. Oh. That's the problem. <laughs> Pepto Bismol takes your hatch from wet to dry. Uh. I'm pretty sure there are other medications for that. Probably. Anyway, so Regina's mom. <laughs> Suddenly, a girl rides by out of control on a horse. Regina immediately jumps into action and saves her. It's a young Snow White. And you can tell immediately because this actress, perfect for the part. Perfect. Like, it looks like a young Mary Margaret. Yeah. I also really like seeing Regina get the, um, like, the, the heroic emotional, like, music swell as she's, like, rescuing Snow White. Like, it's just such a nice change from, like, instead of, like, the dark, ominous, creepy Regina music we get, it's just like, oh, she's, like, doing a good. Good! And on that note, after she rescues her, I mean, other than the part where she, like, immediately, like, drops her from her horse, like, she gets her off the bad horse, and then just, like, drops her. But other than that, she's, like, so kind and compassionate and caring, and... Like, you just don't see that out of Regina. And it's like, oh my god, this is truly another life for her. And it's it's very much like, as you're watching the episode, it's like, she's gonna get broken bad this episode, and that's not fun. We assume, because it's like, it's like okay, well, we know what she's like now, and if that's what she used to be, some <laughs> stuff probably happened. What happened here? What happened? Also, I do need to point out, yes, the actress does look so much like a young uh, Jennifer Goodwin. However, I don't think it's time to discount my green screen veil theory. That is actually Jennifer Goodwin. <laughs> no, it's it's just no, it's some other, it's some random child with a, just a green screen veil, and then they superimpose Jennifer Goodwin's face onto her. Sure, Jan. She pulls up the veil. It's Grand Moff Tarkin. <laughs> the trap. <laughs> that would be Admiral Akbar. Yeah, that's Akbar. Nerd. So the actress playing young Snow White, uh, her name is Bailey Madison. She started as a child actress as a baby in different commercials. She was in a few movies as a kid alongside Katie Holmes, Tobey Maguire, Natalie Portman, Jake Gyllenhaal, Adam Sandler, Jennifer Addison, Bette Midler again, and Billy Crystal. She was in Bridge to Terabithia and Wizards of Waverly Place. She also acted alongside Alan Dale, who plays King George, uh, David's father or adopted father. Um, she acted alongside him in the movie. Don't be afraid of the dark. And she also acted alongside Jennifer Morrison on house together. Um, they met and they were sisters. They were roommates and they were roommates. And they were roommates. No, <laughs> 
age. <laughs> she is currently on Pretty Little Liars Original Sin. And uh, is she one of the Pretty Little Liars? I think she is one of the titular Pretty Little Liar- okay. Liars. That makes sense. Uh, and funny you mentioned how she not only looks like but acts significantly like Jennifer Goodwin. Uh, to prepare for this role, she watched videos of Jennifer Goodwin as Snow White and studied her performance to match present Mary Margaret and Snow White. That's that's really good. Like, yeah, it's like genuine like roses to her. That's really she great. She put in the work. Is she actively in anything now? Because like I literally just said she's actively in Pretty Little Liars. Oops. Is that still she's going? one I of did, the Pretty Little Liars? I've never, to be fair, I never to be watched fair. it, so I didn't know. Pretty Little Liars original sin has been renewed for a second season. Way to go, girls! Uh, the the last little piece of thing I have here is a uh, piece of thing. Bailey Madison had a loose tooth during filming, uh, which they had to glue into her mouth. (laughs) So it wasn't like dangling or like cause like any continuity problems during filming. We love that for her. Child actresses. And this is why it's important that SAG is striking Mm -hmm. because this is the kind of shit that actors put up with. So they need to get paid fucking right. And we're happy by now they are. I really all labor yes to be now paid, right? that we're in the future and it is hopefully not december yet the actors are getting paid because this is airing in november 20 hopefully XX. still 2023 yeah, 22x <laughs> i'm just gonna I count know. numbers lexi please put this into uh, cut this so that it sounds like the current year nope my favorite porn studio 2020 x 20 xcx my favorite artist <gasps> let's ride <laughs> Fraternity XCX. Wow. This is the most that you and I have ever been Sattler and Waldorf. (laughs) (laughs) That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. That was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. Back in Maine, Bangor, Maine, we see Mr. Gold, Help! acting as Mary's lawyer, wants to let her be interviewed by the DA and use her sweet Mary Sue reputation to their advantage. Sweet Mary Margaret. Fair. Also, uh, she's a bit of a Mary Sue, though. Let's be real. Yep. Also, actual legal advice from Mr. Gold. That I was not expecting that. Oh, yeah. Kids, if you're listening, never talk to the police without an attorney. Yeah. Never, ever, ever. Even if they just want to ask you questions as a witness, their job is to close cases so they don't give a shit if you're innocent. Never talk to the police without an attorney. Yep. Yeah. You do not have to, and you shouldn't. A C A B. Sydney Glass comes in with flowers. Inspector Gadget. <laughs> it's Sydney Glasses. He's mere. <laughs> But he needed to do that so that he can discreetly pull Emma away and talk about the digging that he's doing on Regina to prove that she's the one that framed Mary. Um. So to recap, both Mr. Gold and Signe Glass are playing both sides. Mr. Gold is just chaotic neutral with his own game, and Sidney is just owned by Regina pretending to be loyal to Emma. He has a collar on under that coat. The leash is hanging down his back. He's just a mad, you know, the sort of Damocles. He's got the whip of Regina instead. (laughs) I was going to say he's got like one of those little pup locks around his neck. (laughs) Pup genie. Pup genie. No. (laughs) (laughs) But also like Emma has met him. Like there is no reason for her to trust that man 
But she does, because she's an idiot. Also, oh, my superpowers, I can tell when people are lying. He's been lying to you this whole time, girl. But also, I mean, she is in full kind of denial that... To be fair, this completely outlandish story that her son has told her, that she is actually starting to believe at this point, but... Right. And doesn't he even try to use that against her? He's like, your superpower is that you can tell when people are lying, so... I'm telling you the truth, and you should know. Hmm. Yeah, he, I think he does say that yeah, at some point. Which, stupid logic, kid. Duh. Like, I'm sorry. He's a kid. A child. He believes everything, except Regina. Good. Because mm. he knows she's the evil queen. That's true. She knows, he knows she's mother. He, it, yeah, that's true. He does believe everything. He is so innocent and sweet and trusting, and I'm sure that will never bite him in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> so while Sydney pulled Emma away so they can talk... Mary decides to cooperate, and the DA that was referenced appears. He's got his timing down because he is with Regina. By the way, wouldn't Spencer and Regina have seen Sydney on their way in? He, oh. he like, just left talking to, to Emma. So, like, oh. if he were really play, not playing both sides, like, that yeah. would... Oh. Mm. They're, they're, they're putting on a little play, a little pento. Speaking of Spencer, we've seen him before, but we didn't talk about his uh, actor info. Bob, who is Spencer the DA? No, we did. We have gone over his actor info. Did we? Yeah. No, in the first episode that he was in, we went over it. I could swear we didn't because you. No, I because have a he, he's here. the voice of Miranda's dad in Mass Effect. I know for a fact we've done that. Then why did I have uh, a note here for Bob character info? Because you didn't talk who he was. Who he was. First time you watched it. You didn't realize that it was uh, the king. And I remember you were like very surprised, which has been lost. And no one will ever know. Oh yeah, David's dick dad. Yeah, yeah, it's truly awful Not piece of shit. Not to be confused with David's dad dick. Nope. Nice. <laughs> I would like to see it. Emma is his daughter. Yes. You know it works. <laughs> so now we have Spencer interviewing Mary. Yeah. And Mr. Gold is trying to shut down these questions as soon as possible. But like, my dude, you're the one that suggested this. What did you expect? He's playing all the sides. That's what he expected. Also, I'm sure this is going to go great for Mary Margaret. Great. Nothing bad is going to happen here in this obviously baited situation. Mm, no, nothing's He's wrong. He's definitely going to ask fair and balanced questions. Yeah. So like Spencer Fox starts News. asking leading questions to try to squeeze an unintentional confession out of Mary. Oops. And he gets it. Oops. Dun dun. God Focus damn it, Mary shift. Margaret. Focus shift as soon as she says that to Regina behind the one-way glass. And Ooh, the that fucking bitch smirk on her yeah, face. The, the reflection zoom. of her. Just, you don't even see her face. You see her reflection. And this she's is, just like bitch grinning. This is legitimately a really great shot because it you're is. seeing into the interrogation room. It's a far uh, lens. Mm -hmm. And then it zooms back in and you see the surface of the glass and you just see Regina like and, and she pops grin. a smile and it's like, ooh, ooh, it's good. Yes. And, and what I love about this is like Regina knew that Mary Margaret was going to pop off because she is aware that Snow White is a feisty little person. Mm -hmm. Like, she started a whole-ass rebellion. Like, she knew that Mary Margaret is not the sweet, innocent person that she cursed her to be. She is this fiery, feisty person, and she knew that Snow was going to pop 
with like even the smallest amount of pressure. <laughs> and then she's going to like give her um, unintentional confession and then try to save it with the, oh, that's what you wanted me to say, right? Yeah, it, it is. I saved it, guys. It she is pop- very much like Mary Margaret, for the love of God. Like, please shut up. But also at the same time. I feel like most juries that like if they heard the recording of that, it's like she's obviously being sarcastic, but like not the time to be sarcastic, but like also like that's obviously an outburst against that. But also we all know, we know that the criminal justice system does not work for those uh, being convicted. So that sucks for her. She popped what? after the sixth squish. Uh oh. Cicero. Oh, my, my favorite dwarf lip shits. <laughs> In fairy tale realm, young Regina still looks fabulous in that riding jacket. Ooh, ooh, ooh. She, she looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, but Cora says boot, boot and just poofs her into a uh, gown. Beautiful gowns. I mean, the material looks a little eh, but like it's. Look at the material. Yeah, watch that scene again. Um, It's very like mid 90s prom dress material. Look at the material. Are you saying that Cora has no taste in fashion? Because you would be correct. That is what I'm saying, yes. Um, like, Cora has, like, the one outfit that she wears the entire episode. One. Like, yeah. She, she has the one. one. She and figured it's, out what's it's, wor- it's, it's fine. Um, but I just I just one. wonder, like, she poofs her into, like, this very cheap-looking dress, and it's like... Yeah, it's a gauzy, off-the-shoulder dress. Like, and it's it, it intricately beaded. right. Right. The, the material of the actual the skirt, skirt It doesn't flatten right. And it's like, okay, okay. It I also get just it. doesn't move. And here's right. the thought. And I'm like, I get it. You're poor. But does that mean you can only conjure poor people materials? Here's a thought. And I'm, I'm going out on a limb with this. I think it was on purpose. Because it's a dress that Regina's mom got for her. That Because Regina's mom wants for Regina something very specific that does mm. not fit Regina. And I think that was probably on purpose. That's a good catch. Good, good. I gotta say, my biggest uh, problem with this outfit is the hair. How's my hair? Like, I don't like that hair. It looks yeah, really it, small on her. Oh, yeah. Again, it, there's it, no volume. It's just laying straight down. Okay, but don't you think that Cora uh, would want Regina to feel small? Like, I, I very much am going all in. I think this is entirely on purpose. You know, I think you're right because knowing what's about to happen in the scene, she wants Regina to look a little demure and coquettish. Co- yeah, exactly. Like this is it is like very Mary Sue. It is very much um I mean like we've seen what the costuming department has done on this show. Oh my god. They are nothing if not incredibly deliberate in the choices that they make. Yes. Yes. In walks King Leopold to thank Regina. Thank you. And then he asks for her to marry him. The look of sheer abject horror on Regina's face in this moment is the correct opinion. Okay, but then her mom answering for her. Yes, she will. She accepts. <laughs> it's, it is seriously like, are you kidding? And you can see Regina's dad like off to the side being like, Kind of horrified uh, at this. Oh, oh yeah, no, he is—he is, he is fully standing behind the king, just like horrified, like shaking his head, and like Barbara Hirsch is like, "No, she does." God, which, damn it. by the way, that—that's a completely normal reaction to have, right? Like, oh, thank you for saving my daughter. Please wife me now. Normal. Yeah, he's in the one percent. We already knew that he wasn't in it for love. That's true. Like from the fruit of a poisonous that's tree, very good we point. knew that he never loved her. That is true. That's true. That is very true. That is true. 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 Um, and also, we do need to talk about just what an unattractive king he is. The wardrobing did him no favors. Nope. He looks like he has like just no neck. 
and just like the hair halo going on. <laughs> My other favorite dwarf, no neck. <laughs> <laughs> That's just all of them. He's just a known eck. Mm-hmm. But no, Harvey Weinstein. What? But honestly, like he's 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 such a very old man. Um, which is like okay. First of all, Snow is only like ten, so. Ten! Find it a little hard to believe, but okay. And Regina is being costumed as she's like in her late teens. Yeah, like eighteen, I want to say. So like we have. Like I think this, that kind of is the implication. We have this eighteen-year-old marrying this like sixty-year-old dude, which like has to be the case because like if he was hot, she might be like, Oh no, he's hot. She might be like, Oh, Daniel, that sucks. But like, damn, Daniel, I'm marrying Liam Hemsworth. Damn, nice, wow, cool. It, it is. Very much um, Elon Musk. Mm. Grimes. Yeah. 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 Let's not we just, talk about that. Like, we just need Azalea Banks to come into this situation. <laughs> We've also been recording for a while, so like, I would like to move on totally. a little bit faster. Okay. So speaking of correct opinions, can we talk about this overcloak that Regina's wearing when she mm. runs to find Daniel in the stables? Yeah. Yeah. Top shoot. Top Top shoots. I want one in like every, every color. I fully have to acknowledge that like, we've said it before. Lana Perilla is on one this episode. Like she is so good as young Regina as well as like evil queen Regina. Like it is genuinely so impressive how fucking good she is here. Regina wants to run away with Daniel Daniel. because she correctly doesn't want to marry that old dude. Daniel pulls out a ring the same one that Regina was worrying over at the top of the episode, and slips it on her finger. And they kiss again. But Snow White is suddenly there for some reason late at night. She has to get back up on that horse. In the the middle of the night. uh, Regina did say... When she was consoling her, you have to get back up on the horse as soon as possible. Okay, but yeah. she took it literally. Here's my theory, which I don't know is if it is ever specifically explained. I have no doubt in my goddamn mind that Cora sent Snow White there. Probably. I I am like I am so resolute in that belief. I know that. Is I feel what like happened. Cora would have just gone herself. Mm-mm, Cora loves to fuck with people. Oh, that is true. You're right. That is fair. With at the risk of spoiling potential future things, you know. That Cora loves to fuck with people the way... Yeah, okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Point taken. Yep. So Snow is upset that Regina is kissing Daniel for some reason. Yep. And then runs away. I know we've been watching this series for 18 episodes now, but this is a lot, even for this show. <laughs> okay, but no, they very specifically wanted to get the scene of the women running and their cloaks just billowing, billowing. behind them. Okay. Like, it's a sleigh. Slay queen. Okay, it's good, but I don't know if it's worth that. Is it worth it? Okay, but but also, so when Regina catches up to Snow White, this scene is so genuinely, like, it's really well acted from both of them. Yes. Where she's telling Snow White, like, I don't love your father. I love Daniel. Daniel? Um, I'm so sorry. Sorry. But, like, I can't marry your father. And yeah. just the way Regina explains to Snow what true love actually is and means and, like, how you feel when you're like true love and she literally says oh true love is like the purest form of magic it like literally everything snow knows and believes about true love can be distilled from this conversation which really puts fruit of the poisonous tree in context uh-huh like mm-hmm. where snow white is growing up knowing that there is no love, love. between her father and regina which is like well and truly fucked, fucked. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, it, yeah. The, yeah. There. Mm, yeah. That's. I don't know if I said it that way. Yeah. There are so many fucking layers to this show that, like, rewatching it as well, it's like. Layers. Oh, it's oh, like an fuck. onion. Some. Very much so. I like parfaits. Parfaits. We got it. Good job. <laughs> oh yeah. Also, um, this. So she's like, oh, I have to go tell my tell tell everybody, and Regina's like, no. You cannot tell my mother this. Yes, like specifically her. And and the thing you is, know what a promise is, you dumb bitch. And like the thing is, is what is she like, says to her. It's like more or less. Regina, you understand that this is this is like a lot of pressure for a kid to hold, and then also hold a lifelong grudge against her for messing up. Like that's a lot of pressure for a literal ten year old. I'm glad you brought up the lifelong grudge. I need to ask at this point. How long has she been holding this grudge? Because my question is, she God. was like, she was like eight. She was like, are eight, you going to ask a timeline question in yes. this she, series? She was like eighteen-ish, right? And then let's assume Regina's like early thirties when the show kicks off. Yeah, when the curse when she casts the stuff. curse. Now, no one else in town is aware of the passage of time. Regina is. It's been thirty years. But but has but my question is. Emma has grown up, and it's been 30 years. 28. It was her 20, 28. You're right. 28. It's been 28 years. Has she been holding onto this grudge for 28 years, or did Storybrooke exist in some kind of time bubble where time wasn't passing, but also time in the real world was passing around them? Like, time was moving at a different rate inside and outside of the bubble. No, they've, time was passing in Storybrooke because Henry was still getting older. Yeah. That they, is true. They've specifically talked about this, how, like, the people that are affected by the curse, like, are not noticing things changing, but there okay. are things. But Regina changing. is. Yes, Regina okay. and Mr. So Gold. So she's literally like, been holding this grudge for like yes. forty years. Regina and Mr. Gold have been explicitly stated to be aware of like time okay. passing. So, so a forty-year grudge, then basically. Yep. Okay, that's a healthy amount of time. If if the curse hadn't the happened, they would be little old biddies. That's just, a weird combination of movies to combine. What? Forty-year-old virgin and the grudge. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, I get it, though. Like, What? Is the sound he made when he got the wax ripped off of him. <laughs> Can we also talk about how during this conversation that Regina and Snow are having, Snow is like, they wrote Snow White to be talking like a 30-year-old woman. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. This true love is magic, and I love no, Daniel. Daniel. Then surely you must be with him. Yeah. I'm sorry? It is still a fantasy world. Yeah. Well, it's because Snow White was always the most perfect person ever, perfect. and she's never had a wrong opinion about anything. Perfect. Except for that one time, but her mom smacked her. Smack. Back in May. Can't wait to meet you. Emma is looking at the storybook. <clears throat> Sorry, no, the storybook in Storybrook. Mm. You did it. When August comes up to talk, and he just hands her the daily paper. The main headline is about Mary Margaret. But I want to talk about this other headline and the amazing picture that's there. It's so good. It's so good. We I didn't talked, catch it. Yeah, we, we talked we, about we I did have talk a full ass note about this. Do you want me to go pull that up again? I, so no, I have this? it. I have okay. verbatim what the headline is. Do you have the picture that we took of it? I think we took a picture. Oh, oh you know what? I think I remember, but read it anyway. Yeah. So um, there's the mugshot of Mary Margaret mm -hmm. on the cover. And the big, like, the main headline is all capital letters. Heartless. School teacher jailed on murder charges. And then literally the, the next thing on the front page of the Storybrooke Gazette mm -hmm. is Storybrooke Elementary Girl is crowned new champion at Regional Spelling Bee. 
Right. So okay. Like, I did remember really, it was a spelling bee related thing. There really has not been a lot happening in Storybrook, apparently. But again, this invites just more questions from me because regional what? Like, what is the yeah, region? What is, yeah, what is the region? Are they and, are they leaving Storybrook to go with the spelling yeah, bee? Or because, are people coming there? Because... Apropos of nothing, I'm sure if some random people from the real world just happen to wander into Storybrooke, it might not end well for them because Regina's kind of a territorial bitch. So, like, I can't imagine people from the real world are going there because eventually someone will notice time isn't passing. So, what is this region? Is the region, like, Mary Margaret's house to Granny's? Yes! Like, that's that region one, one. Yeah, that's, that's the region. <laughs> and, like, everyone on that street competes. God damn it, Archie. Again. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. With your therapist degree <laughs> that you somehow managed to get. This, see, actually, the spelling bee is the closest that anyone ever comes to figuring out that there's a curse. <laughs> it's like, I think I went against that girl last year. Wait a second. But in third grade and not fourth. And that girl? Oh, no. Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein. <laughs> I love us so much. Love. So anyway, August takes Emma back to the scene where Ruby found the box with Catherine's heart. Oh, yeah. Also, um, something worth noting, there's something up with one of August's legs. Yep. He is, he walks with a limp. Starts hobbling, and Emma's like, what's wrong? He's like, no, 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 no. This is about you, girl. I wonder, I wonder if that will ever be explained. Probably not. No, never. Why would it? And Emma finds a shard, and she's like, oh, this is part of a shovel. It's like... You're jumping to conclusions, but I like where you're going. I like where you're going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, Emma, just allow a citizen at a crime scene. He's wearing gloves. It's fine. Fine. And and even more suspicious. And she's like so into him, so it's okay. There. She can barely breathe. She is horny in Maine. Bangor, Maine, Kansas. Good joke. Good. I like you. Good. Later at Regina's house, Henry radios to Emma that Regina's distracted so she and August can sneak into the garage and look for the shovel. And they find it. Yeah, the smoking shovel. Found it. Good. The smoking Doug. Uh, Cause it yeah. No, I, 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 yeah, I got you. I got you. Anyway, in fairy tale realm, a young Snow White is talking to Cora who's trying to coax info out of Snow about Regina. Why has she pulled away? A mother knows. As if you wouldn't know why being an abusive bitch would cause someone to recoil from you. She's like, I'd do anything to make her happy. And Snow White has this slow head turn. It is my favorite scene the whole episode. It's so perfect. (laughs) And then Snow starts to spill the beans. Don't make her get married. Snow is so earnest, and Cora is just being a fucking spiteful bitch. Except she she is, but Snow doesn't realize it. Yeah, yeah, she's not, and she's not aware of Right, she thinks that Cora is manipulating her from the jump. Like, yep. Cora suspects something's up, and she's trying to play it off like, I'm just so concerned for her. And the way, like, re-re-re-watching it, the way she uses Snow's grief about her own dead mother to, like, twist the knife and manipulate her <laughs> is honestly diabolical. She's like, Oh, I just feel like I'm losing her. The way you lost your mom. You know, that mom you had who died. Clap if you think she should suffer. <laughs> It is, it is, it's diabolical. 
Ugh. Ugh. Back in Maine, Maine, Emma serves a search warrant to Regina in order to officially find the shovel. Emma serves. Yes, queen. When they get there, the shovel is gone. Oh, no. Yeah. How did Regina get that shovel replaced? How did she know? And how did she do that? Also, I just want to say, search warrant, completely unnecessary because if you knew it was there, Henry could have just given it to her. Like, it's it's technically on his property. Yeah. He lives there. He could just be like, I found this. Yeah. And then she could be like, your son gave it to me. Yeah. No search warrant needed. Yeah. But no, let's go convoluted on this. Oh, no. Fair. Yeah. Oh, no. Toot. Good job. <laughs> Regina's response is, that woman has destroyed the last life she is ever, ever going ever. to destroy. And it's just so much. Hey, Regina, do you think you're projecting just a little bit? No way. A little, little baby bit. Yeah, you're talking about Snow White, not Cora. Cut to Emma accusing August of ratting her out to Regina. I'm not a liar. That's just what a liar would say. Emma does a ponytail toss and power <laughs> walks away. It is. It's like, what a great defense, August. Like, I'm not a liar. It's like. Okay, like what? How do you continue that conversation? Well, she would know if he was a liar, because that's her power. Because that's her power. Because that's her power. Because that's her power. But I do just want to uh, point out, he's very insistent when he uh, when he's like, "I'm not a liar." Yeah, he he takes it very personally. Like he never mind the fact that like she's accusing him of other things as well. It's the lying. It's like she she could have been like, "Oh, uh, first of all, you killed my dog and you lied about it," and he would just be like, "I'm not a liar." Dog, sure, but that's no. I draw the line at that. You can excuse racism. You can excuse racism, but animal cruelty is where I draw my line. You can excuse racism. Yep. People say that you're an idiot. Oh no. That you can't paint your face. Oh, shit. Your drag is awful. What? But I, they're wrong. Wait. Your face paint is good. Oh, <laughs> Cut to Regina once again walking in on Mary at the jail just to taunt her saying that she wants justice. Mary says she's innocent. And like, now I guess, do we want to talk about like, is the vengeance worth it? If the subject has no memory of the crime. It clearly is and Regina. really it's- isn't the one to blame. Like, this is all Cora's manipulation from the jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Regina is taking the mantra of the modern day Republican Party where the cruelty is the point. Yeah. Like, she knows that Snow White doesn't know what she did to deserve it. And she's actually delighting in that. Like, she is being cruel to be cruel. And also, I want to point out, um, I love that, like, her punishment of Snow White had, like, backup plans upon 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 backup plans. She's like, she's like, I'm going to make this chick in love with a dude and he's going to be in a coma. Yeah. But if he wakes up. He's going to have a wife. Yay. And then if he starts cheating on the wife, she's going to turn up dead. dead. Bitch, I have got you. <laughs> <laughs> She'll get hit by a bus. bus. Another bus. bus. Another bus. Another bus. bus. So so Mary Margaret in this scene is like, Regina, if there's anything I've ever done to you, I am so sorry. Like, I don't know what it is, but I'm sorry for whatever it is. Like, and why she are you... is acting her fucking yeah. tits like, off. And why Regi- are you doing this to me? And then Regina, Regina comes says to back her, with, and she says, apology I know, not, accepted. not accepted. I know you didn't do this, but you do deserve this. 
oh my god, such a cold line. She's like, I didn't kill Catherine. And she's just like, I know. And then reaches through the prison bars, wipes a tear off of her face and says, but you do deserve it. Wipes a tear off of her face. Eats it. Taste it, yeah. <laughs> Little taste. It's sweet. Mm, salty tears. Nom, 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 nom. Next, we go to young Regina running into the stables at night, and she and Daniel are about to run away when they turn around, and Cora is suddenly right there. She force pushes them back into the stables with magic, magic. locks the stable doors tight, and they finally have an actual, honest-to-God conversation. And do you know what uh, Cora says? You could have at least left a note. That's why you always leave a note. Which is honestly such a mom thing to say. Like, that's actually pretty funny. She said cunt. (laughs) It seems like Regina has finally gotten through to Cora so that she and Daniel Daniel. can run away and have a life together. Then Cora fucking Kalima's Daniel rips his whole ass heart out and grinds it to dust. Damn. I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> it is It is like, because she's like, well, here's some things about the family that you need to know. I always care for my daughter. Rips heart out. <laughs> Yo, yeah, she de- well, she definitely gives him the fake out. She's like, yeah. And Daniel, I, Daniel, you need to know that as a parent, you always want to do what's best for your child. And he literally dead ass says to her, he's like, that's what you're doing now. Uh-oh. And she's like, yeah. Yeah. And then rips his heart out. Yeah, derogatory. (laughs) (laughs) There's this really fantastic song in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I know them all. Which one? Uh, After everything I've done for you that Mm, you didn't ask for, for. that's Cora. That is a million percent Cora. Oh my God. Can we get that to play in like the credits? Nope. Probably not because it's copyrighted That's music true. and we can't play a full thing. That's true. Nice try. This is also where I bet I w- Rachel Bloom would be fine with it. Maybe. This is also where I would like to call back to what you said about Cora being referenced to heart. Because everybody loves a callback. Yep. Mm. Yep. Ooh. Yep. Yep. She she goes for it. Just layers and layers and layers like an onion. Layers. Or parfait. Parfait. <laughs> God, you, so you, sad. You, you literally looked at me with like a the, the with a Bart you, say the thing look. <laughs> yes, someone dance monkey dance <laughs> for my enjoyment, my amusement. What asshole? The next scene, Regina is being fitted for her wedding gown, which is she, a slave. Oh god, it looks oh my fucking stunning. It's gorgeous as fuck. Jesus, fuck, it's so good. Despite the glossy dead-eyed look that she's got, the gown itself. Oh. oh. It's got an ivory color with a collar fold over, like wrapped around her shoulders. Off the shoulder, it's sparkling as hell. Full length cream gloves. Would you say that all that glitters is gold? No, because these are ivories and creams and whites. Oh my. Ivories and creams and whites. Oh my. Regina's Technicolor wedding dress. It's all white. All right. So the bodice is just stoned as fuck. Me too, bro. The bulk of the skirt itself is a white petticoat, and the overskirt is cream with a slit in the front so that the differently colored uh, petticoat can break up the monotony of the one color that's the rest of the dress. Oh, that's where Regina gets it. Break up? Petty. The, the, re- the reaction. Mm. <laughs> Very good. So this dress is the top shoot of the week, and with all the other shoots that we've mentioned, this is the top shoot. It, it's it's definitely like even top five for the season, honestly. I will say the only yeah. thing though, when she turns around, you can clock the zipper and back. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, they're in the upper class; they can afford zippers in fantasy time. Anyway, not during the Great Zipper Fire. fire, 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 fire. 
Snow thinks <laughs> not, not the great zipper fire. No, think of Hansel and Gretel. That's where the witch died. <laughs> That's a Zippo fire. Anyway, Snow thinks that Regina is getting married to Daniel. Daniel? Because of course her mother would let her be with him. Duh. Why wouldn't she? Yeah. Never mind the promise. What? Regina is devastated when she finds out. Regina is jokerified here. The snap? Yeah, it's like she like can, looks behind can, her and you can see like You can the see hate. it click in her eyes in like Thanos who? Thanos oh. who the snap of her her personality change oh, you like can, you can hear her heart shatter and she does the second slowest turn in the episode like Snow White's just talking at her she's got like that dead-eyed expression and then she mentions I knew your mother would let you have it and she does that like the slow turn like Snow White did she, or, like, she even, like, almost falls because she's like wait what the she fuck? even yeah. like clutches her chest Yes. Like she has this is an emotion. Great drag name. If this was Kingdom Hearts, this is where like the darkness would be in her hands oh as God. this happens. She becomes the boss. But like, yeah, this is and, and Sora, Donald, and Goofy come in after seeing Elsa and singing Frozen and they fight Regina and uh the rest of Once Upon a Time never happens. Ray. Um no, no, not Ray. I like this show. Um, <laughs> I do need to point out. Yes. Um, the other thing is the way Snow White is telling this story, she's not doing herself any favors because she doesn't like frame the situation at all. And she just says, Oh, you're marrying Daniel. I knew your mom would understand when I told her. So like the way she's phrasing it makes it sound like she literally just went that from fair, the stable yeah. right to snitching. Like yeah. she makes it sound like she offered up the information without coercion or coaxing it, it the way she frames it it just sounds like oh yeah no i told her straight up that you wanted to be with daniel because i knew because i knew better and that's what regina's hearing and in that, in moment, that moment, moment, moment i get it okay yeah. 40 years that later is, that's, yeah 40 years later maybe not so much but in that, in that moment in that, in that, in i yeah. get it i mean we know that regina has never once sat in archie's office and had a therapy session so why never. should she ever consider re, you know rethinking why the why she's feeling away maybe she has but you know it's archie so Honestly, how competent of a therapist do we really think he is? I mean, we've said we it don't. multiple times. Okay. <laughs> he does, his degree is from the back of a cereal box. Oh, shit. So when Regina realizes what Snow White just said and they talk, she lies and says, Oh, yeah, she's fine. Totally fine. Nothing wrong. Why would it be? I decided it would be the right decision for me to actually marry your father. I was wrong because I was a dumb girl. Part of what she says is true, though, because she does say she's like, I'm going to be your stepmom, and that will make me so happy. She's not lying about that. I couldn't be happier. Oh, that's right. That's right! So so that is a lie. Yeah. 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 So as soon as Snow runs away and is out of earshot, Cora shows up, and Regina finally puts it all together that Cora knew the king was traveling through the lands, and Snow's horse didn't randomly run wild past Regina. It was all the fucking manipulation. And this is fully where I'm like, Cora sent Snow White to the stable that night. Like she had to know. Yeah. Because, because, and th I'll go more into this little theory that I have. Yay. She sent Snow White to that stable so Regina wouldn't hate her. So that that hate was pawned off on someone else. I fully believe this. Every also, bone in my Also, body. I did mean to bring this up, sorry, and thank you for reminding me. Um, we do need to talk about like the hatred that she has for this child. A child. Yes, I, under I understand why she's upset. Um, 
a child. A child. Um, a child. In the moment, as we talked about, you know, the, she framed it poorly. But also, like, even though Cora is a horribly manipulative and abusive parent, um, when you're in that situation, it is hard for you to recognize that your parent is abusive and manipulative. And even if you do, you still love them. They're still your parents. Because anytime they come back to you, you're like, oh, this time they've changed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so and so I think it, for Regina, it was easier for her to hate Snow White as the symbol than to go to therapy and recognize that, oh, maybe my mom's the problem. Yeah. Once, yeah, like, once again, once upon a slime. Once upon a time. Once upon a slime. <laughs> once upon a slime hatch. <laughs> once Boobie. upon a time. <laughs> once again, once upon a time, the through line is go to fucking therapy. <laughs> it really is. Like, please examine why you're feeling this way for like more than 30 seconds. Please, for the love of God. I gotta say, like, at this point. I, as I'm watching the episode, I'm really just hoping that at some point Regina is able to take revenge on Cora because, ooh, I just, I want it. We'll stay tuned. We'll see you. Please include me on those episodes. Because everybody loves a callback. We'll have your people talk to our people. Yeah. We, we are people. It's us. We're people. <laughs> Back to modern Regina. She clutches the ring that she got from Daniel. Daniel. And says, we got it. Daniel. We did it, Joe. We did it. The the Dora song plays. We did it. We did it. We did it. Yay. I thought you said the Doors song oh, plays. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, the Doors. What? No, different direction. It was the Dora Milaje song. <laughs> so next Christ. we go to Mary Margaret being led out of the jail in handcuffs by court guards. Emma vents frustration that Mr. Gold let it get to this point and smashes the flowers that Cindy brought in frustration. That's when she finds the recording device that was in the vase. Okay, I know I've watched this show before. Good. I let out an audible gasp because I completely forgot that there was a listening bug there. I And it's like, in hindsight, it's so obvious that there is a listening bug. But like, I let out... A full-ass audible gasp when that happened. Wow. The side note that I put here actually since we last recorded, because I don't know why I didn't think about it. Mm -hmm. I was like, I hope that she didn't break the device so that she can use it to fuck with Regina later. I think it was fully busted. It was fully broken when she picked it up. It probably is. Also, there was water in that vase. How was that thing working? It was probably on the side of the the vase above the water line. Oh, probably, yeah. Emma somehow has enough time before the trial to find August outside of Granny's diner and apologize for accusing him. Wearing this gorgeous hooded leather jacket, by the way, like... Okay, so earlier, Matt and I were re-watching the episode, and we were both looking at the hood and being like, it's so weird. She has it up the entire time. Like, who are you, Grace Jones? Take that thing down. It's like taped to the top of her head so it does not move. I I am fully in belief that it was like probably bobby pinned. Probably. Because, like, I mean, like, it would probably be, like, bouncing down all and, the time and, otherwise. And when we say it was probably bobby pinned, we don't mean, like, that the costuming people bobby pinned it. We mean that Emma Swan woke up, put on her jacket, put the hood up, and bobby pinned it to her hair in-universe. She said, Today, we're slaying. Today, my hair is not getting wet. Nope. Or being shown. Nope. Something else we noticed when we watched the, re- the episode earlier was that uh, Granny's Diner is actually right next to the animal shelter that David works at. 
I didn't know that. Yeah, at the start of the episode when uh, Emma's leaving Granny's Diner and David talks to her, mm-hmm. he's coming out of the animal shelter. They're right next to each other. Huh. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, like, when they filmed this on that street in Vancouver, like, uh, they put, like, new storefronts on everything. So, like, that makes sense that, like, they're not going to, like, build an entire set for this, like, different vet clinic. All right, listenership. This is, we're helping you get the map of Storybrooke down. Not even once nation. (laughs) You need to, (laughs) you need to start getting this together. (laughs) So she apologizes. Sorry. Uh, No, I already said that. Oops. You know, if you think about it, Granny's is also kind of an animal shelter for Ruby and Granny. Yeah, and Granny. She yeah. just can't transform anymore. That's oh, that's true. Yeah. Menopause. You did it. Ha! Huh. I, I liked that. <laughs> Sorry, you said menopause, and I listened. Ah. Seth, please, <laughs> please stop this. Stop it. While they're talking, there's a scream that's let out from behind the diner. They both run to see Ruby freaking out because, quote, She's back there in the alley. Oh, no. Emma continues and finds a woman. Let's go, girl. Flips her over and it's Catherine. When she showed up, I literally, in my mind, like, you know, the Smash Brothers announces, Catherine versus Yoshi Team. (laughs) It's like, this episode is straight up like fucking uh, Smash Brothers. Everyone is here. I think like almost every character that has ever been in the show, like at least like, medium important to major important character has showed up in this episode. Catherine, Emma, Regina. Except Graham. Yeah, well, R.I.P. I mean, I think there's kind of like an illusion when um, Daniel's heart gets ripped out. I think that's a, a spiritual homage to oh, Graham. Oh, to Graham? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 I, you know, yeah, I didn't even think really about that. It really does mirror exactly like the same kind of situation. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even think about that. And this is how Regina's generational- killing her own boyfriends now. And this is how generational trauma starts. Please see a therapist. It's great. Oh, my God. No, but not Archie. Nope. Yeah, Jesus well, Christ. Not Archie. Y- you would know if you're... If Literally your any other bug. therapist. If your therapist might have at one point been a grasshopper... You might be entitled to compensation. <laughs> Pain and suffering. If you saw the therapist Archie Hopper near Camp Lejeune, you might be liable for some compensation. It's a very dumb fucking joke. I like it. <laughs> well, that's the episode. We finally did it. We did it. The next episode is The Return. What's your uh, what's your guess for The Return? Catherine has just returned. I mean, that's that's pretty fair. That is that's a pretty solid guess. It's yeah. But but if if there might be say another return. Another return. Maybe another double meaning. Ooh. What do you think? What do you think? Uh, the Empire, it's striking back. Yep, that's it. Yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. Grand Moff Tarkin, he's back. <laughs> Grand Moff Tarkin. <laughs> this episode is where the Jedi come back because the return of the Jedi. There it is. That's, yeah. Wait, does it make the dwarves Ewoks? Oh. As a side note, the episode closes and you see that the co-producer is Brian Wankum. Wank him, I hardly know him. <laughs> Bob knew exactly what I was yeah, saying. Yeah, no, you said wank him, and I was like, God <laughs> fucking damn it. Here we I thought go. you were going to give me a fun fact about like what else he's like, co-produced. No, it's, I, it's a bonus I joke. I saw the look. What? I saw the look on Sexual his face. innuendo? I said that in name, this podcast? And Bob looked up at me. <laughs> I immediately knew. <laughs> I was warning you. <laughs> 
job. Thank you for staying with us. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts at. If you've been enjoying the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And much like your one true love, share us with your friends. And if you don't like us, just rip our heart out already. Like, we deserve it. We're bad. Bad. Thank you very much, Lexi, for editing the show. Say hi, Lexi. Hello. The title song is World of Magic by Scott Buckley. You can find this and more music at his website linked in the description. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at NotEvenOncePod and BlueSky at NotEvenOnce.BlueSky.Social. Links are in the bio. You can follow me on Twitter at the kid ain't right. You can follow me at Recycled Sarcasm. Uh, you can add me on Facebook um, or find me on Grinder. I am the head, uh, the pictureless profile, um, fifth down, second from the right. Okay. No loads refused. Uh, no loads refused. Uh, and you can email us at notevenoncepod at gmail.com if you want to chat or do anything like that. Also, join our Discord. We're fun. Yeah, we're just silly little gals. Enjoy your happy ending. And in my heart, I knew Kingdom Hearts. Wow. I bet that was going to be a fun bit. Mom, I'm going to call you back.